0: Really Back out the all the time. the long reach. Tatum, crossover, it's 50 for Jason Tatum.
1: Hello and welcome to the Celtics Reddit Podcast. Ben Vallis here. Thank you for joining us. Hope you're doing well. The Celtics. They're up two to one in the NBA Finals, thanks to a 116 to 100 game three victory over the Warriors. Joining us to talk all about it, Celtics Jay. Jay, how you doing, sir? Woo! That's right. That's right. Woo! Woo! Indeed.
0: <laughs> so, um, do you do you remember that show, The Norm Show? Like when he had a sitcom.
1: Like Norm Norm McDonald, McDonald. yeah, yeah, I love Norm. I don't remember the show specifically. Yeah,
0: so he had this like short run on a sitcom, and um, so ever since Draymond started kind of pontificating on his podcast about the Celtics and and you know his overarching knowledge of all things of all things, I can't help but every time I'm watching him play now, I just hear the theme song from the Norm show in my head. And so for anyone that's not familiar, that song went as follows. Too bad that you're not as smart as you thought you were in the first place. Too bad. Too bad. It's just, it it seems so fitting.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. Great. That's where I'm at. (laughs) Great. Fantastic intro, Celtics J. Uh, uh, Amazing stuff. Um, A couple of production notes. Uh, First of all, I'm using my plain neck pillow to prop up my microphone. Uh, it's propped up on the case for my Nintendo Switch and some books. So apologies for like the screen invasion there. Uh, also, so jet lagged and a little bit hungover. So apologies to the listener, to the watcher for um, you know maybe not in good form uh, tonight. But we're gonna we're gonna make the most of it. Jay, uh, the people
0: love a genuine Ben.
1: Yeah, I I'm trying to be as genuine as possible. I'm genuinely In the real. <laughs> hungover and jet lagged. It's a brutal combination. Um Jay, obviously Spoonie and I, we were at the game, but for me, having traveled all this way, it was it was almost like more of an emotional or even spiritual experience. <laughs> what what can you tell us about the keys to this game? Because I, I I've got nothing.
0: Like, how did the Celtics pull this one out? Uh well, clearly they had the right two people join forces in Boston for this particular game to bring a very particular type and brand of spiritual energy into the garden. Are you talking about Tatum and Brown or me and Spoonie? <laughs> I think it's obvious who I'm talking about, and it's you and Spoons. I mean, if of we're course. talking about true difference makers in the game, <laughs> I'm saying, like, we got to go with... Is there a fan base more superstitious than ours? No. Right. And and I've got to say, when you've got those types of powers coming together, when your powers combine, Tatum and Brown win games in the finals. Like, that's just what happens. Um, and, and so in seriousness, and well, in, I'm serious. I am serious about what I'm saying. But in looking more specifically at the game that took place, I think. We we did a really good job of not. Letting any of the the game momentum take us out of our scheme or our game plan. So where we've seen on occasion throughout the postseason, and I think we saw even most evidently in that game, too. We've sometimes drifted from our game plan when the emotion of the moment in the game kind of gets overwhelming and we're getting frustrated and, and all of these things. And in this game, it was one of those like good Celtic vibes where even when the Warriors started making their runs, we just steady as she goes, kept pushing along, just doing what we need to do, respond to the runs. Jalen was unreal in that first quarter. Like that man, he's really, he's really establishing that as a norm for him. He'll come out. There's that norm's going to be the word of the, of the pod tonight. (laughs) Also
1: Um, like worth calling out the Avery Bradley first quarter effect. Right.
0: Amen. Truth. (laughs) That's a that's a that's a deeper cut than I would. I like that. Very nice. Very nice. (laughs) He's he's got this way of just coming out and setting a really great tone. He kind of did that thing that it looked like Curry was doing in game one uh, where he was just like, "Nah, I'm just going to go ahead and do whatever I want. And you're all going to have to just watch and enjoy the show. He did quiet down a little bit, um, but other guys were able to pick up. You know, pick up where he left off. I really loved that that turn in the fourth quarter. We really saw you know Tatum open things up, Marcus open things up. Marcus started this game rough. He was -hmm. turning the ball over a bunch. I mean, he was a large reason why we were behind in the turnover numbers for a good portion of the game. But he tightened up in the second half. Um, He had five, I think, by halftime. He had none, I think, in that second half. And that was a huge difference maker, and ultimately those guys ending up with—I I think they were the first. If I read, if I read the the tweets that came out correctly, um, and the graphics that came up, they're the first trio to have twenty-five, five, and five since Magic, Worthy, and Kareem in '84. Wow, and that kind of tells the tale, you know. That's 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 where it's at. Um, and then I think the the unsung hero of the game Draymond Green was definitely <laughs> yeah Draymond that guy <laughs> um I was almost scared when he got kicked out I'm like I'm more worried about Andre Udala at this point than I am Draymond. Right. And he can go ahead and interpret that as shade because I know he's an avid listener of the pod. Of course. um, All the big players
1: love love the podcast. (laughs)
0: Always listening. So the the unsung hero I kind of think is is white. He didn't have a big scoring game, but he had a couple of really key plays, especially on defense, just being a disruptor. And the one I liked the most um, is... He had this play where the the Warriors were making a really big run and they had this wide open fast break. Marcus had thrown some stupid ass pass uh, and got it immediately intercepted, gets thrown up ahead and it looks like it's going to be an easy layup or dunk. And Derek White goes up, contests and, you know, fouls, sends him to the line, but it was the difference between letting them get the emotional energy of that fast break dunk off a of steal. versus, all right, shutting it down. Go get your buckets at the free throw line. Best of luck to you. Um, and we were able to maintain our composure with that. Um, so I know I know. oftentimes you like to identify like underrated plays of the game. Oh, yeah. The moment I saw that happen, I'm like, I said it on the live stream. I'm like, this is one of those plays Ben would want to know about or, or <laughs> capture rather, because it's it's one of those underrated things that I think it really kept that momentum from turning too much in one way. And that was the story throughout. I think we just we met their runs with runs. We didn't lose our composure. And, and and damn it, it was just beautiful. It just everything was beautiful.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was insanely beautiful. And at twelve turnovers, like if you if you're gonna look at one stat to sort of identify the keys to success for the Celtics, twelve turnovers. Like it's we're repeating ourselves at this point And listen to any Celtics podcast or you know nowadays NBA podcast because the the entire focus is on the Celtics. The turnovers are really the key here and the celtics limited them as such and and won the game so you know if we if we want the celtics to win the series limiting those turnovers continually and going forward seems to be the key um but also just a couple of things like uh and you know my my perception is different because i watched this game from the balcony at td garden rather than you know in the middle of the day on TV in Australia, uh, two things really stood out to me. One was just the defense just completely sagging off Draymond Green. I don't know if that was evident on, on TV, but oh, uh, yeah. like they were just giving him so much space and like he, he couldn't do anything with it. And I think like the knock on that initially would have been you can't give him too much space because he can play make out of that space, but he just couldn't and wasn't. And the other thing is, like, the Splash Bros, if you look at the stats, like, they, they both had a really good game. Like, Clay Thompson had his best game of the playoffs, maybe. Uh, and Steph Curry was awesome. But our two awesome guys, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, just had better games. And, mm-hmm. like, you know, this is a championship series. This is the NBA Finals. If, if our It <laughs> sounds too obvious to say, but if our two... <laughs> most awesome players can have a better game than their two most awesome players. they are like, we're going to win the games. We're going to win the series. And it's just a, a proud, this it feels awkward to say like a proud dad moment, like because we've been watching <laughs> these guys since they were drafted, but to, mm-hmm. to watch the Jays like outplay the splash bros, just fucking awesome. So good. And the vibes in the garden were incredible and um talk to me quarter, about that
0: ben what was that man that like fuck that's just like i can't imagine that energy
1: oh uh, dude me, me and wayne Spoony had the like I was, I was messaging my wife and i was being careful to like add some qualifiers i was like it's the best day of my life aside from when we got married <laughs> and aside <laughs> from when our child was born <laughs> but you know we, man. We, we started off the day uh you know at a pub nearby and we met a bunch of other australians and kiwis and uh we also met like an associated press photographer who was on the baseline for for game three His name was mark shout out mark he bought us a drink what a legend uh Dope. and yeah and, like just just the we met we met brie from celtic's corner as well before Sweet. the game did she make it to the game she did yeah yeah nice. and we, we we saw her at um i don't know one of the many bars around that area and the, the vibes were so good, and as we were, and you can see this on our channel because I'm I'm going to post a um like a game three you know recap video on our YouTube channel. As we're walking in, Spoony's like, "The vibes here are too crazy. Like, we cannot lose this game. Like, we're, <laughs> there's no possibility that we lose this game." And he turned out to be absolutely right. The vibes were so good. The crowd was amazing. Everyone there was like super locked in. Um and you know, I, I you know, I'm from Sydney, Australia, but I feel like I I felt more familiar with like people in Boston <laughs> than I did in my <laughs> own town ta- my own hometown. So it was amazing. Celtics fam, baby. Yeah, Celtics fam, they were out and like we we met a lot of cool people. So um but yeah, like a few things that you sort of notice watching the game live that you don't notice watching the game on TV. The number one standout for me is that Marcus Smart is an insanely good screen setter. I don't know if that's mm. often captured uh, you know, on the on the broadcast, but he was great. He was setting a lot of great, you know, ball screens and off ball screens and you know, I, I know he had a lot of frustrating turnovers, but this is like one of the best Marcus Smart games I've ever seen based on all of the like sort of intangibles that we saw from him uh in this one. So the Jays, you know, they out they outmatched the Splash Brothers. We were able to sag off Draymond Green, uh, which allowed us to, you know, provide more defensive attention to uh the Splash Brothers, and mm-hmm. we just it just felt like we've sort of figured it out in this game. I don't know. Does that does that ring true to you, Celtics J?
0: Yeah, you know, and it kind of, in truth, right, it kind of felt that way in game one too. So like there's also there's still a part of me that's like Let's not get too cozy, but at the same time, the thing is, and at, at the point at which any team gets to the finals, you figure you've got to feel that way. you got to feel like if you make it to the finals, then right. If you play your best game, you, you should expect to be able to win. That's the whole fucking point. Um, And it does seem like these guys are figuring some stuff out and that they're figuring some stuff out. That once they fully commit to what they're learning right now so so we're like we're seeing Tatum take his playmaking to another level. We're seeing Brown really settle in to being a mid range assassin <laughs> we're We're seeing smart be able to bounce back in the middle of a game as opposed to just having an altogether horrible game right like we've gotten used to seeing when smart's off gonna be a long night for dude. Where now we're seeing, all right, Smart's making adjustments at halftime, and now he's not throwing any turnovers at halftime, and he's getting his buckets up to 25, and he's getting five boards. Like, just doing all of the things that the team defense really seemed locked in again. It, it makes it so confusing how game two went the way that it did, other than we just couldn't hit shit. Yeah. And I guess right now, that's still the one s- sort of like lingering concern that's always going to be there. If, if the Jays are cold and no one's going to like splash in turn to make up the difference, then there's just not much else that we can do, especially against a team like the warriors where they're just able to feast on the perimeter and can go on some devastating runs. If you're not hitting threes in turn or getting consistent buckets at a, at a, at a better pace, then yeah, you're just you're gonna have a really tough time. But they do seem to be locked in. The thing that they're showing us right now, I think, is the same thing we've been seeing through this, the whole postseason. So in the way that we can sometimes get frustrated over the inconsistency from game to game, in each series, I think what we are seeing is a comforting level of consistency as far as how they're gonna hold themselves accountable for how they're playing on any given night. And how they're not gonna lose their focus because um, the the last point I'll kind of make and then they'll throw it back over is um you know Draymond has made it his personal mission he's he's come to the realization that he he can't really play competitive NBA basketball anymore and so his new lean or slant at the game is gonna be well I'm just gonna be as as antagonistic as humanly possible because because I think he's rationalizing it for himself that. He's he's trying to impact people mentally and, you know, like he he's going to get in their heads. He's you know, he's going to live in their rent free, as it were, <laughs> except he, he, it seems to be lost on him that he's trying to do that against a team that's like been there, done that. Like none of these guys are weak minded dudes, Like like even for as different as some of them are personality wise, the one thing they all have in common is they've got both mental and emotional fortitude. Mm -hmm. And now they've got a coach that enhances that and empowers that. And now they've got a GM that enhances that, empowers that. Um, You know, Ainge sometimes struggled with it because he, he had players often feel so insecure about their, their status with the team that you couldn't get that fully deep rooted. Guys like Marcus every year were worried about getting shipped out. Well, the moment Brad took over. He's like, nah, that's our guy. Emay yep. comes in. Yeah, that's our guy. Like, nope, we're not trading the Jays. Like, those are our guys. Um, they have cultivated an energy with this team where Draymond can keep playing all the bullshit antagonistic games he wants. He's just gonna keep finding himself fouling out and watching from afar, and then saying stupid stuff like, "Oh, people are cursing in the crowd. Oh, good show. Uh, shut up." <laughs> that yeah, dude curses I, <laughs> every two seconds on the court that dude's yeah, cursing he, in his interviews who the he, hell is he talking about curses in front of his own
1: children which is fine For fuck's sake because like normal a little bit normalize <laughs> cursing right like uh please you know, like it's it's you know, it's it's 2022 like i feel like profanity is not as frowned upon generally in society as it was back in the day and you know you You know, we have this podcast and we listen to other podcasts that are made by, you know, more professional people like Zach Lowe, Chris Forsberg, etc. And they they use profanity because it's just like, it's just normal. It's just accepted. And Spoonie and I were sitting behind a father and his like eight-year-old child. And like, I can absolutely confirm that that eight-year-old was saying, fuck you, Draymond. Louder than anybody else in the arena. Like, he was just, like, so psyched to say, fuck you, Draymond. And it's not like, you know, his life will be ruined as a result. Like, he was just, like, being a sports fan in the moment, having a great time there with his dad. So, I don't know, Draymond yep. didn't like his wife or his fiance or whatever it is, you know, tweeted out some... Sour grapes. Some real, like, sort Sour of per- grapes. pearl-clutching takes. You know, it's yep. just like, you know, it's sports and as long as we're not going over the line and, you know, talking about race or, you know, whatever it is, if it's just a clean fuck you, that's completely fine in my book. So, I don't know, Draymond. No, it's
0: grasping Cle- at straws because he's recognizing the fact that like he just can't play competitively anymore. So he's going to, what he's doing right now is he's realizing he can't get into the players heads. So now he's going to try to get into the fans' heads. Yeah. But here's the thing. Um, and, and and quick social commentary coming coming from a professional in the world of mental health and behavioral and all that kind of junk. Let me tell you something. Uh, we need to stop teaching kids that there's such things as bad words. We really do. Because they're, they're really, like, curse mm-hmm. all you want. They're, like, they're not bad words. They're Just all bad words intentions. that you, you can use. For exactly for bad reasons or with bad intentions. If you're using any, here's the thing I can use no curse words and I can say some vile stuff. Sure. And what? Because I'm not cursing. That's okay. Of course not. I can be rooting for my sports team, having a beautiful like moment connecting with my kid while we're just letting our emotional energy pour out. And we're connecting with thousands of other people galvanized around a common interest That's I'm sorry. I don't see that as socially destructive. Draymond needs to get off that soapbox because first of all, it's ingenuine. And if he is genuine, then it's irresponsible Mm -hmm. or uninformed. And I don't think he's either of those things. I think he's a pretty smart cat. So he needs to stop with all that. Stop being overly sensitive and let fans be fans. Um, You know, if there's if there's a line where we're getting to the point of dehumanizing people because they're entertainers. No, screw all that. We're not tolerating that that mess by any means. But what do you, you, I'm I'm right on there with you.
1: What do you, what do you think about the like hashtag new media? Because for me, like what does that mean? Like well like players playing a game and then going mm-hmm. back to the hotel and then podcasting oh. about it. That to me is awesome. Like that's Sure, yeah, you know, yeah. we, yeah. we might all be out of a job, you know, like <laughs> not that we not that we get paid for this shit. But like right. That's so. I would. I would love if like Marcus Smart like went home from a Celtics game and recorded his thoughts and published it. You know, like it's it's great. Like you know, obviously the Draymond Green thing is you know not not great at the moment, given like his. Oh, but
0: I love to hate it. I love yeah. to hate it. Yeah, but and it's fun. Listen, it's I it's want fun. Dude right. To keep talking, I yeah. want him to, and not because I want him to like antagonize. So we play but because, like I said. I do think dude is a genuinely like he's a smart cat. He knows the game. He knows ball. And I I think he's coming from a place of of love and appreciation for the game. Like, I don't think he's an ill intended cat. I do think he's hypocritical. I think he he criticizes people for playing the game in a way that doesn't even come close to the way that he plays the game. And so that seems kind of odd. Kerr is doing the same thing. But at the same time, if I were a Warriors fan then I am elated by everything that comes from that team. And that's Mm -hmm. the point, right? He's not talking for Celtics fans. He's not talking to Celtics fans. Even if he's directing comments at Celtics fans, it's not for us. It's for the Warrior fans. They need something and someone to galvanize around because they're down. They're down one, two right now. They they need to find that energy that we had in the garden for game three for themselves to try to come back. What he's doing is completely appropriate and and I'll criticize it, but it's not from a place of I want him to shut up. He absolutely needs to keep doing what he's doing. The fans, I have to imagine they love it just the same way that I, we respect it and they deserve it because that's yeah. amazing. Because like you said, if it was smart, <laughs> it, it just wouldn't matter. I'd be on board. Again, imagine unless we're getting to the point where we're trying to hurt people. Do hey, you Imagine man. that.
1: Imagine the Marcus Smart podcast. That would be... Oh. We, would, we would have to shut up shop here if that, you know, because that, that would cover... I would lose you
0: know, it. Yeah. You'd never um, hear from me again. <laughs>
1: well, let's. I'm going to start to sort of move through some of that content here uh, just as I uh, need to go to sleep. Um, For so sure. So Red, Reddit user Agro Craig said, Marcus Smart Picking up the ball out of the fumble scrum and drawing an anger foul from Draymond, his six was such a badass way to end the game. We have the current defensive player of the year. He doesn't make podcasts; he makes game-winning plays. Winning
0: plays, love hell love yeah, it. hell fucking. Dude, can I get yeah. that printed out and framed, man? Oh, I'll Shit. put that
1: on a t-shirt. I'll send it to Celtics Jay. Uh, I love that. That's, that's the amazing. gospel.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's exactly what that is.
1: Yeah, I mean, in in this game, and it was really apparent from being there, like, we just out-Draymonded Draymond, and (laughs) it was, you know, like, and we all respect to Draymond and how he'll probably return in Game 4. There was just, like, these pathetic, like, gasps from Draymond that didn't catch on. Like, we just had an answer for everything that he could have laid out for us, and and not only that, but, you know, our switching defense and our, you know, they they obviously try and they target a mismatch for Steph Curry. And whether it was Derek Wyatt or Peyton Pritchard or anyone from our bench, they just didn't like we didn't present to them an exploitable matchup. And, you know, Curry had a good game, but and Clay had a good game. That's the, that's the amazing thing Like Curry and Clay both played so well. But it wasn't enough between our defense and the performance of our two best players and Marcus Smart. Like they just couldn't, like they couldn't hold a candle to us. And if our best guys can play, even an average game while playing, you know, the standard of defense they've played all season, we can absolutely win this series, which is crazy. Two more, yeah. Yeah, it's it, it's insane. Um, wh- what do you think? Like, what what's the pathway there for you, Celtics? J? Like, is it is it clear to you how the Celtics get from where they are now to a championship, or are there changes yeah. to be made?
0: Yeah, no, the path is clear. Just nope, do you they, do they, you think? Just keep just <laughs> yeah, just keep showing up to the games, and and they're gonna win two more out of out of the next four. Yep, that's it. it. It's good. Like it's. I and I listen, before anyone gets super like concerned about like, ah, oh, jinx, jinx, jinx. I've been saying this since preseason. I'm not changing my mind now. All right. Like, I decided the the moment that we we put Brad in that leadership chair, the moment we committed to Marcus Smart, the moment we committed to Rob Williams, the moment we, you know, committed with Imei Yudoka. Like I was in, I was in, I believed in what the team could do and I'm not changing my mind now. It's, it's, there's not a doubt in my mind that banner 18 is going up, that we're witnessing the emergence of something uniquely special that several other teams have really tried to do. And the only team that's come close to it in, in recent memory is the Warriors. But even, even in their case, some of what they accomplished was bought. Right, because you you bring on KD with the the like the the explosion of that salary cap that particular year. Um, I'm not discounting. I, I'm not. I'm not on that tick. Um, but I'm just saying, like the way that it comes across, the way that people relate to it and understand it, the Celtics are really essentially doing the homegrown dynasty, and <laughs> just keep watching. You know the when when Marcus emerged with that ball from that scrum, the yeah. only thing that I could see in my mind was Paul Pierce with the ball when he yeah. when he, yeah. he, he got it in the exactly final seconds in that. Yeah. that Eastern and, Conference game. And,
1: and me and Spoonie, like in the game, we're both like, "Let's go!" Like we and today, both him and I have no voice. Like I just <laughs> I, I went out to a couple of bars afterwards and met up with some people. No, and uh, I like could not speak. It was just, I was so, my voice was completely... Hey, guys,
0: what a great game.
1: Yeah, yeah. I was was like, and, like, but it's because you're around good company and, like, Celtics fans who know what happened, you can kind of mouth what you're saying. You can be like, yeah, like, it was great that they were able to sag off Draymond Green and, you know, Marcus Smart as a screen setter is amazing and, you know, Tatum getting into the paint and, like, you can mouth all of that and people are in the know here in Boston as opposed to where I come from in Sydney. And they get it. It's fine. You can have a, you can have a silent conversation w- with a completely lost voice and still like, still connect. So it was completely fine. Anyway, sorry. I digress.
0: No apologies necessary. <laughs> that, is, look, that is exactly how... That, that doesn't sound like digression. That sounds like expression of elation. Look, I, That's beautiful. I, I, I got to say,
1: Spoonie and I had the best day like, I messaged my wife this morning, and I was like, I had the best day of my life, aside from our wedding and the birth of our child. Because, you know, Spoonie visited me here in my, um, in my Airbnb, and he brought, like, gifts from his wife and from himself. And then we went out to bars, and as soon as we were, like, the first bar, people approached us, being like, are you guys Celtics fans? And we, like, hung with those guys all yeah. day. Uh and then, you know, going out and heading into you know, the North Station T D Garden area, we you know, we met Bree from the Celtics Corner awesome. podcast. And there was just the love, like people it's it's so hard to explain the, the elation from it, but like we we met so many people who like not necessarily knew us from the podcast, but like you know, coming from Australia and it not being full love Celtics fans. Suddenly being immersed in that and everyone being like super keen to talk Celtics, uh, it was so much fun. Uh, I, I, I struggle to explain it, but we had such a good time. Spoonie and I both now have no voices. I'm, you know, that's why Spoonie's not on the pod. I think he's doing worse than I am, but uh, we, we just had such <laughs> Amateurs. Good time. I, I don't I don't think that I can really articulate how good it was, but it was like one of the best days of my life honestly it was so much fun
0: you don't always get opportunities like this to to help sort of maybe um express different types of connections with stuff like this and i think sometimes we we undermine the um the value of the role that sports and and fandom can play in our in our world um Cause what you're speaking to and what you're expressing, to me, sounds a whole lot like what what most folks are are trying to do and trying to express when they when when they kind of over commit to like nationalism, right, or or like aspects of tribalism. What you're speaking to there, though, is is the beauty that can come from it, right? Like that it that it that enormous expansion of community even amongst folks that you otherwise would never have known or come into contact with or have any like reason to relate to there is this universal common aspect that just innately gives you an an energized and emotional connection to everybody in the space like you are just all in sync on a thing and nothing needs to be spoken to make it real or to make it tangible. And, and I'm hopeful that we can continue regardless of whether it's like in the finals or whatever, but continue to find ways to use our fandom to channel those moments and that type of energy more frequently and more on command without it being completely dependent on success. Cause it is possible. Um, And it is a, a immensely rewarding thing. And sports gives us a place where we get to remind ourselves of that. Yeah, Um, there are are thousands of people in that stadium while you're watching that game that you are likely not going to share the same ideas with. Right. There's folks in that space, in that building, that if you were only going to interact with them in a different way, you might be completely at odds with one another and consider each other bitter rivals. But there's this one thing that we can put those immediate biases and prejudices aside And say, nope, we're going to come together on this common thing that we do have a shared interest in, and we're going to relate to one another, regardless of being complete strangers, it's going to be all love right now. And it is possible to take that out of sports and put it in other places in our lives, and, and so... I just want you know I know that that goes a little bit off the rails of of just you know sticking to the game and all that, but what you're what you're sharing is just such a a beautiful moment that I think a lot of folks can relate to um and I just wanna to speak to how much I appreciate you being you know so communicative and and expressive about it because it does it, it speaks to other things that this can lead to and and where we can put this type of energy and it, it's it's a positive thing for all of us, so I'm glad you guys got the link up, man. that is so dope. Got to have such a, a, a remarkable experience. I love that you were able to capture a bunch of that and throw some of those clips on YouTube. Looking forward to uh, I don't know if you've got part two up. I just got done working a little bit ago myself. Um, so I'll have to go and look. But uh yeah, just just great stuff, man. It felt so great watching it on the live screen with our our audience in the playback, uh, knowing that you guys were there um and enjoying like all of those different moments. There was one point where the Warriors got that one point lead, and I told everyone in the room, I'm like, everyone pray for Ben right now because that man is having a full-blown <laughs> panic attack. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's having a I'll, breakdown I'll, and we need to pray for the man right now. <laughs> yeah, I,
1: I was lucky to have Spoonie with me right next to me who gave me the classic, like, we're all, we're all we're right. Fine, I mean, man, we're fine, We're yeah. fine. We're fine. We're all right. Uh, I was, yeah, I mean, in interest of wrapping it up because I am yeah. so jet-lagged and I, I need to go to bed. No there's, there's a lot to talk about this game that we didn't and won't get to, but I recommend uh, in particular listening to the the Nate Duncan, Danny Larue podcast about the game because they really get into the X's and O's as far as like how and why the Celtics won. But Reddit user CurryBoy One Two Two Nine says that the Jays and Smart got it done for sure, but both Williams were an incredible brothers. Williams absolutely. Their growth has been so quick and fun to watch, and they keep it up, and we win this series. So, like Jay, like you know, obviously, like Jalen Brown. And we just Jason saw Tater the best
0: game Robs played all postseason. Yeah, like, yeah, we, right. We, we just saw the best game Robs played all postseason. Let's let's just say what it is, um, and that is so exciting because. It's been so tough to watch this guy put himself out there. We know he's hurting. We know he's not comfortable. We know this is hard for him. We can see it when he's running up and down the court. But to finally see him get up and like put down a couple buckets, harsh to see him like block that Curry shot. Just get that the out of here. Yeah,
1: hell yeah! That was some vintage so good.
0: freaking Rob Williams that we have been just pining for. <laughs> I'm hoping that you know we've only got like one day between this next game. I'm hoping that that's a you know that's enough and that you know the the energy and the emotion from this this win here can can feed into that and they're clearly going to need the crowd again to help fuel it um because man I I would love to see him get a couple a couple games strung together where he's able to just look and feel a little bit more back to normal because you know it matters to him you can see it it's why he's out there man like he has every reason to be like it, you know, it's just going to be better. I'm going to be more comfortable if I sit it out. You know, I don't want to be a, a detriment. I don't want to get in folks' ways. But he's out there. He's He is pushing. And I made a comment in the live stream during the playback where on, like, one of the first early plays, I saw him running back down the court, and he had kind of like a hitch to his giddy-up. And I'm like, oh, no. Like, it, it just keeps looking like it gets – and then he just, like, re – he he had a break. He came off the floor for a bit. He came back in and he just channeled something. And yeah, yep. it was just so so refreshing to see and you could tell that it meant a lot to him too. Before
1: we get on to game 4 predictions, Jay, is there anything else about game 3? Like, you know, there's there's some unsung heroes. Al Horford was quietly great. Rob Williams Grant Williams, Brothers Williams, Quietly Great. Is there any other sort of unsung heroes that you want to get to before we move on to um, the the future of this final series?
0: I think every chance we get, we should always make sure to give the proper acknowledgement to what Ime Odoka is doing with the team and, sure. and and the role that he plays in, in how these men have found a way to channel all of this energy and all of this potential that we've seen for consecutive years and, and really just put it where it's, where it's been intended to be right. Like these guys have had all of this potential, all of this willingness, all of this commitment, but they just haven't seemed to know quite how to get it to come all together. And, and this man has come in and his, in his first year as a head coach went through some hellish struggles And throughout this playoffs has just demonstrated that he is just not a coach to be trifled with. These players will do whatever is asked of them from him because I think they believe and know that that he's got their back. And I think and I hope that the same can be said on that other level between him and Brad. It certainly would appear that way. Um, And it would certainly match what Brad learned under Danny, because that was one of the staples to Danny's tenure. Uh, as an exec with the with the team, um, you know that that just unwavering faith and commitment to his coach. And uh, so, I just want to I just want to hit that before we move forward. Uh, I think it's important to make sure we acknowledge may
1: Yeah, totally, coach. totally agree. And it's just you know going up three one as opposed to going back to Oracle. It's not it's not Oracle Chase Arena, whatever it's called. Tied They're not to, the New to, Jersey
0: Nets, but I still call them the New Jersey Nets because yeah, fuck them. yeah, you get it. Yeah, <laughs> like there's just such sorry, a difference. S- sorry, Draymond. Uh, we, we'll we'll send out a an notable edited version.
1: Notable listener,
0: Draymond Green. <laughs> yeah, um, thank you, and hello,
1: Draymond. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> hello. <laughs> just you know, that it's it's not a hot take. It's obvious, but the the difference between. Going back to Oracle 3-1 versus 2-2, like, 2-2, it makes a a best of three series and you give home court back to the Warriors. If we can win game four in Boston, then it just really, it's just like, we can just snipe that final championship winning game. uh, And then it's like all of us streaking down, you know, the streets of our local neighborhood Completely naked, literally uh, streaking.
0: Yeah. We're always streaking. Yeah, I, I will
1: do that. I, I <laughs> you anyway, know, I, I live very far from Boston in Australia, and a lot of people will be very confused. I might end up in jail, but I, I just feel the the need to get naked. You know, if that happens, but we're getting ahead of ourselves. um But we need to win game four essentially. Yes. Um, so, Prodigy Gamer seventy five, a Reddit user, says, "If we go up three one tomorrow night, I'm fully confident we we win the series." Jay, uh, are you on board with Prodigy Gamer there? If we, if we win tomorrow night, is it is it is it a wrap?
0: Well, real quick, I just want to to say, if Prodigy Gamer is is listening to the pod, if this is the same Prodigy that happened to actually be on the Celtics Corner pregame show with us, hey, what's up? Uh, just wanted to say, uh, you know, it, it was great to meet you. If you're not the same person, sorry for mixing you up. I don't think all prodigies are the same, so let's, I don't want to go down <laughs> that do. road. I think but, it's the same person. <laughs> um, but uh, it, it was actually great, great to meet you. And uh, Rashid was on the uh, the pregame as well. Um, there was some guy hosting, at, like smooth bee or or um. Smooth take. I, I forget exactly what his name is, uh, but I'm kidding. It's be smooth. <laughs> Much love, Celtics. Some Court. unknown um, fool. Some yeah. unknown <laughs> guy with, but like unknown with like eight thousand plus yeah. uh, subscribers Sh- on his channel. Shout out, like, kudos. Yeah, yeah. and kudos. I actually,
1: I met. I ran into um, Bree from Celtics Corner last night at the pub nearby, and I immediately like made a beeline for her, and I was like, like Hey, hey
0: yeah that's amazing we, we're we had basically a good time. cousins yeah 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 it was
1: awesome yeah and she you recognized recognize me which is very surreal but sorry sorry go right ahead.
0: you know that's that hey hashtag Celtics fan that's what this is man and that's that's what I feel like we've been really pushing especially since we started that the the playback is is really emphasizing that this is about building community not just for when things are going well not just for when we're in the finals but like for when we struggle and we lose, you know, like even for when things aren't going well. That's when you need that dynamic the most. Yeah. Um, not Go. just to wallow in the abyss and the in, the in the in the dismal feelings, but to to like galvanize and and to come together and and to find ways to still feel hopeful for what comes next. And so, um, you know, looking ahead at game four, here's the thing, and I said this a little bit earlier, I already believe wholeheartedly. That we're gonna win the championship. I, I, I wholeheartedly believe that going into the season. Um, I wrote a whole freaking beat poet diatribe about it. Um, <laughs> you know, like that's where I'm at. I will I will socially embarrass myself online, knowing yeah. that like maybe eight people actually view the thing, but that's okay. You're um, like the
1: early Bob Dylan of like self <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: no, no, no. Oh god. <laughs> um so yeah, whether we win or lose game four, I still believe we're coming out on top. I, I do think what I will say, though, is if we win game four, there's there is a psychological component to that that lends itself in favor of of Boston being able to pull this thing out, especially in a game six. Um, I suspect if we were to go up three one, there's no way to avoid the Warriors going completely bullshit from everywhere. Um, in front of their home court and, mm-hmm. and doing well on their home court in front of their home crowd uh, and then bringing it back to Boston. But I think at that point with the energy that would be in the garden and with what these players are capable of doing on any given night, it's hard to imagine that they wouldn't they wouldn't be able to close it out there. Um, so I'm saying Celtics win game four, close it out in game six. and And that's Hell going yeah. against what my original prediction was, which was that Celtics would win. In seven, in Golden State, I'm saying if we can win Game Four, then it's Celtics six at home, and it is ever loving banner tastic, baby.
1: Hell yeah, I think definitely Celtics and six, seven at the most, but there, it, it seems like definitely not eight. No, no, eight, eight seems unlikely at this point. Yeah, Jay. <laughs> but you know, who knows? Uh, Adam Silva, he likes to maneuver things um, if he can make a buck. <laughs> Yeah, all right. I, I gotta go to bed. I'm so Get some tired. Rest, my friend. That that is gonna do it for this one. Thank you for listening. We'll be back sometime after Game Four, and make sure you're following us on Twitter because I'll be tweeting out live clips from inside the arena, inside TD Garden, uh, during the game. Celtics Jay, love your work, mate. Thanks again. You too, brother. All right. Until next time. Go Celtics. Peace.